Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Anime Brothers Podcast, episode 173. I want to mark the episode because it's the Demon Slayer Swordsmith arc. I am your host, JD, and I'm here with your Mr. Earthworm the Mighty, everyone's favorite. How are you doing today, bud? I'm I'm just fine. I'm doing well. I'm just fine. I, I wanted to come up with something quippy to say, and uh, I didn't, so here we are. Uh, Demon Slayer, yes, it's a very, it's Demon Slayer's good. You know, don't listen to the haters. Uh, it might not. It's not like fucking changing the game. It's not transforming anybody's life. I don't think, but Demon Slayer might be one of the best genre exercises in shonen action battle, whatever the fuck shonen jump likes to do. Demon Slayer is mm-hmm. great, and we're gonna talk about the latest season. So that's why we're here. No, absolutely. There's a lot to unpackage here. Uh, for this show uh, it's obviously you can hate it you know sip it on haterade or you can love it like most do um, no matter what it always looks great it's always something uh, that's going to be probably on the top of the list of most shonen to talk about in this new era so of course we have a lot to talk about with it but we always got to check in a little bit a little bit before we get into it um, though there's probably not too many more updates for us uh, going forward in regards to anime since it's just been demon slayer um, yeah, we had a quick turnaround time since the last episode we did with uh, Weebology Rick, uh, because you're going on vacation, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, but in you're going to an island in the Pacific to hunt men for sport. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, uh, right you are, sir. I okay, am. all right. Uh, a lot of people don't know that about me, but I do hunt other men for sport. Yeah, uh, just like <laughs> once a year, he likes to go and, and shoot a, a gentleman who is running away. Uh, yeah, and, but his favorite thing is really when they get that one Arnold Schwarzenegger like that starts fighting back. That's where that's where things get real intense for Mister JD here. Yeah, I don't like to uh, brag about it. It's not something I'm the most happy about, but we we do it for the fans, really. <laughs> we do it for you guys. JD hunts <laughs> other humans in the South Pacific, uh, for everybody listening. So do with that information what you will. Yeah, but but really, yeah, um, we had to kind of get this episode. I wanted to make sure I got one more episode with you uh, to get this uh, pretty much review of Demon Slayer out there. And I'm um, going to Hawaii. It's going to be a very long time, possibly almost two weeks, essentially, by the time I'm even back. Maybe a little less, but it'll feel like two weeks. Um, and... It's it's well needed. I'm 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 on the verge of uh you know what we've all gone through you know so a little mental breakdown. I'm a little fatigued. Just a lot going on. The weather's been shit up here in Maine, so that doesn't help at all when it's raining every goddamn day. And you're just trying to uh, I don't know get excited to be going somewhere nice and warm. And I guess this is what I need because it's been shit up here. So I'm just ready for it. And uh, yeah, that's why I don't have too many updates in regards to anime or other than one piece reading i haven't really progressed anywhere in that category for more sort of seasonals and stuff like that i'm i'm just kind of stagnant at this point okay are you are you saving your one piece thoughts for for a potential long form thing about one piece uh, maybe? yeah I, I, i've i've hinted it enough and uh we've we've been joking about it i think your boy earthworm wants to make it uh, a patron patreon exclusive but more of like maybe the patreons will get an early access but i am planning on doing a one piece discussion at least for the most part at the beginning part by myself maybe i know some people have said they would love to come on and discuss parts maybe as i get down the road into what more people are getting into or the latest chapters and shit like that that are really getting people's you know blood pumping 
But as of now, since I have to catch up to where I am now with the um, the uh, time skip and all that, I feel like I just want to give a summary of how my you know first one through like 60 was of volumes. And yeah, I feel like I need to do that. I feel like uh, the story's definitely got a lot going on that needs to be talked about at least a little. And uh, I'm the only one going on that journey right now. So it uh, it's definitely the quest for the One Piece, as you say. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to work on my voice acting skills. I'm going to get a deep voice. Uh, but we're going to try it out now. Uh, JD's quest for the One Piece. That's not uh, bad. I'm going to need I'm going to need everybody listening to give me an open and honest review, but don't be mean. I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> you he will cry. Yeah, I'm excited about that, dude. That's uh, that's really cool. I'm I'm excited that people who love One Piece are finally and who love the podcast are finally going to have that intersection that they've been waiting for and I'm I'm not giving it to them. We all God knows I'm not fucking doing it. So uh, I'm glad you can I'm glad you can provide the people what they want. Yeah, and li- like I'm saying, I want to say it early. I'm not a devote One Piece fan. I'm trying to read all the manga. <laughs> not yet, I, I find not. it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Not yet I'm not. I don't I will probably butcher certain characters because there's so much going on within the 60 volumes when I explain it. Don't jump down my neck. I'm a simple man. This is not going to be a one piece like deep thought discussion because I'm mostly by myself. Uh, it's just going to be more of like kind of the things that I saw happen, what I liked about it, the characters, which are pretty much a pivotal part of this, uh, whether it's side characters or main characters. So, uh, yeah, I just want to put that out there. But uh, just know that it will be probably in the works uh, after I get like an episode done, I will be on vacation soon. So just remember, it doesn't mean it's happening right away, but it is definitely coming once I get back. I just need to recharge and uh, get away a little bit from this thing we call life. <laughs> yeah. So. And if he gives away his thoughts now, like what the, what's the point? You know, you people. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. You no. vultures. Get away. Get out of here. Go. Go pay a dollar. That's what you get. Get out of here. Go. Pay a dollar. And, yeah, no. Um, it, you'll, you'll get it eventually, but. That's eventually. We want to wait. No, patreon.com slash anime brothers podcast. Very nice. That was quick. That's almost like an ad uh, commercial. <laughs> I've said it uh, a but lot. But also, uh, what have you been doing? Is there anything I can update you? I know we, we talked about the used car buying in the latest oh, episode yeah, with uh, Rick from Weebology. So. Oh, that's still not. I mean, it's it's going. It's both going good and not going good. Um, I, you know, it found, a, luckily, thanks to uh, your lovely mother who is a wonderful, stunning woman, uh, is, is selling me her old car for way less than what I would normally have to pay for it from anybody else. So that that's amazing. Uh, not, you know, from, from like my personal, I, I, you know, I want to kind of, I want like a new nice car with like a big old touchscreen and like, you know. Everybody and does, all that. yeah. Yeah, but, but it, the, in my price range, that just wasn't happening. So for, for this to come up, come about and us to be able you know me and my partner to be able to get this it's like oh my god i'm just hyped to have a reliable vehicle and uh you know we're gonna put the the big new nice expensive car we're gonna push that over to the side probably unless something falls in my lap uh so yeah we're not doing the used car thing quite like we were uh uh, five days ago so that's cool i'm happy about that a lot less uh, i feel a lot less stress anime wise i've been watching demon slayer that's you know i've also been watching demon slayer um and you know i watched 11 episodes of demon slayer so that's well, technically could, 10 because the first episode was like we did a long time ago to get a preview yeah, and then you fair. totally forgot it and i'm like hey it's all done by the way you should probably watch that <laughs> remind me to never commit crimes with you 
no dude we were we were definitely at home by 10 and you were like nah dude we were driving around at midnight i remember looking at the clock <laughs> god damn it shut up <laughs> look i just gotta calls it like i sees it because you know i got i really gotta get a, get us working here on the anime side and i know you're going through some shit but i'm like damn it man start watching it <laughs> i'm Again, watching what I need to for the podcast. Uh, still having a great time when I actually click play, but for um, for stress relief uh, to to kind of relax from this used car buying bullshit, um, I've I've been doing my own personal Pokemon Nuzlocke, and I've tried out my first Pokemon ROM hack, which is essentially just when someone goes in and. I mean, layman's terms does a bunch of cool Game Shark cheats and maybe adds some some like new areas or something into a pre-established Pokemon game. There's a bunch out there, like uh, Kaizo Emerald, I think, uh, Mogul Emerald, I've heard about that. Those are, like, hard ones. Same thing with Radical Red. I am doing Ultraviolet, which is no harder than uh, than Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. It's pretty much the same fucking game, except that it's just more Pokemon available. I, I'm using a goddamn Mew, and that's really cool, and I didn't have to do anything fucky. They, 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 Mew is just available. So that right. that's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad I, I'm still using the uh, same rule set that I talked about last week, where I allow revives if I find them in the wild. I just can't buy any, and th- I have found just enough to keep my team alive. Because <laughs> uh, N, uh, I, okay, so I named my Mew N, and it is not like some people. Some people who are my fucking beloved friends and family who know me well are like, is that? Is that a racist thing? I'm like, no, okay. So what happened is I clicked N. I was going to put Nibbles. Um, I was going to name my Mew Nibbles. Clicked N. Well, I'm how playing did you on... get N from Nibbles? Well, I, I'm playing on three times speed, okay? So hear me out. I clicked okay. N. All right, I put that in, and then I went down to the A or the I, and I accidentally hit over uh, left one time, and that sends you all the way across the board onto the OK button. And it's like, all right, this is the name. So I was trying to speed through N, go over to I, miss it, hit the OK, and just add N. But at this point, I, his name is N, and I, I, I'm, I'm taking it as a Death Note reference. So I don't know what's going through y'all fucked up heads. I would say for me, uh, what my mind went to is that you spelt N-E-N like in Nen for uh, what they do in the Nen system. Oh. And so I thought, no. okay, that kind of works. Mu is psychic. That's cool. But then you're just saying it's the letter N. It's just the so letter now N I capitalized. Yeah. Like I, I'm not like that. And I wish, I, I cannot believe my f- beloved friends and, and beloved partner were like, hey, well, I don't know about that one, Chief. I'm like, I'm sorry. I get the name Raiders like four towns away. Come on, I'm doing my best. <laughs> uh, so, yes, um, other than accidental racist nuzlocking, I haven't been doing much. So I guess unless, you know, uh, we want to talk about anything else. We have merch. If you didn't listen to the last episode, that's that's something I will say. I brokered that deal. Um, <laughs> no, it's not nothing like that. We do have merch now, though. We partnered with Mason at Don't Quote Me Apparel. And uh, we have Anime Brothers merch, so if you want to get our logo on a, a t-shirt or perhaps a hoodie, that is where you go. So one more time, don't quote me apparel. That link is in the show notes. Bada bing. Look at me go. There you go. Getting the business out of the way. And before we get to the topic, I want to shout out once again, thank you to Weebology Rick from the Weebology Podcast for coming on uh, with us for the last episode, talking about side characters that deserve their own side story. 
Uh, you should really check them out if you haven't. Probably if you listen to Weebology, you listen to us. If you listen to us, you listen to them. We have a lot of sister and brother podcasts that we like to keep uh, close. So make sure to check them out. And uh, yeah, that was a fun ass episode. Absolutely, go listen to it. Why? I mean, you know, granted, starting at the latest episodes, fine. Don't don't listen to our early episodes. They sound bad. I I'm not proud. It's of whatever. Them. They can listen to us whenever they want. All right, fine. So we're gonna talk about Demon Slayer now. pretty excited to talk about this uh, just because demon slayer it's a it's a it's like a love hate me relationship uh as we all know i did like the latest season that came out the entertainment district arc but i definitely felt it was getting a little bit much when it came to like just let's just make it so batshit things happen and a lot of people can make it out out of ridiculous shit and whatnot and uh, yeah, every scene and every uh, episode was action, which was great. But um, for fans like us that I thought we wanted a little bit more in-depth uh, breakdowns of like the action scenes or what's going on or how these powers are happening. And I felt like it was pretty fast paced and it really just was trying to give you all all just action with nothing in between, which usually I wouldn't mind. But for some reason, it rubbed me the wrong way, but I still gave it an 8 out of 10 on Mal. And we had our boy, Mr. Earthworm, here saying it's probably one of his favorite out of Demon Slayer, and he gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, so coming off of that and going into this, and I heard that Swordsmith arc was going to be pretty much the turning point to where it's just going to go batshit or it's like going to get good and keep going from there. Like this is, from what I'm hearing, everyone that was talking about the manga, it's a great fucking arc. So what did you think? Uh, from hearing were you expecting it to be better or did you think it's going to just continue on to where entertainment district went uh so before i get into anything because i don't know where where my voice will take me uh spoilers ahead for demon slayer the entirety of it including the newest season that that has just finished recently the swordsmith village arc the aforementioned swordsmith village arc so don't get mad Mm. at us if you haven't watched it because we're telling you we're going to talk about it now um I went in with really no expectations. I definitely heard the rumblings, the rumors that like, oh, Swordsmith Village, you know, who, who, who. But I've also heard that about like My Hero Academia. And granted, I haven't gone and watched it, but I still big doubt, you know, big doubt. Uh, so I I really kind of went into it thinking it was going to be more Demon Slayer. Um, some some first kind of impressions that that took me, I, that kind of, yeah, I guess took me off guard. Um, so realizing that this was a Tanjiro specific season and you're not going to get, uh, granted you get Nezuko, but there's a say, it's Tanjiro deal. and Nezuko. Let's not lie here. Yeah. Nezuko is a big part of this season. So I guess I mean, out, out of the three boys, um, you don't get uh, Zenitsu or Inosuke. Man, you don't, I mean, granted Zenitsu, you do get in a, a little, I think you might even only, only hear his voice. No, you do oh, see him. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it was just a small scene where he's off on a mission with different Hashiras, and he's already crying because he doesn't want to go because he is you know, still a wimp. Yeah. Um, but then and Inosuke ha- is doing the same thing because I think the next season will involve Inosuke, So I would assume. But then like halfway through the season, you did get the um, the the Tanjiro having a little flashback of Zenitsu explaining uh, 
lightning breathing or thunder breathing which is crazy i want to touch on that as well so yeah no that was really cool so that was that was interesting and i was i was curious to see how they were going to play it um so i guess um we can get into that because i kind of want to talk about that in my opinion i think it kind of affirms what we've said and that tanjiro is not a bad character by any stretch of the imagination he's a great uh main mc but he really, really shines uh, in the people he can play off of, i.e. Zenitsu and Inosuke mostly. Uh, but how did you oh, feel about uh, Tanjiro being like kind of by himself uh, for all intents and purposes? Uh, well, I will say, um, and we're going to touch on Tanjiro a lot in this one, especially after we give more of a, like, a brief synopsis, even though most of y'all probably already know how this yeah. goes. Um, Tanjiro, I, I had a very up and down relationship throughout the season with him. Um, I would say that I totally agree. This definitely reconfirmed that, yeah, it's better when he has the boys to play off of, have fun, the banter and all that stuff. Uh, but also seeing him mostly by himself with only like Nezuko and the other guy, which I think his name is Gendo, uh, the, the younger brother of one of the Hashira. What's his name? Genyo? Genya. Genya. Okay. I knew yeah. it was, starts with a G. But uh, the younger brother of one of the Hashiras, mm-hmm. that was basically the only kind of uh, interactions throughout the season he had. And I will say you're, you're pretty much right. But a lot of it had to do with, once again, it was a lot of it was in combat. A lot of it was doing with him mentally having to discuss his own ways of attacking or going with the plan. So I will say this wasn't a perfect example of a character getting full time to kind of develop and give him the full benefit of the doubt. However, there's going to be key scenes. I don't know if you want me to talk about it now that it made me like him and then dislike him, but also means he's a very good character, if that makes any sense. Okay, I get what you're saying. Um, well, you you hinted at a synopsis, so did you want to get into that before we get any further? Yeah, I'm just going to lightly sum it up. It's not sure. really that hard, but... Um, Basically, after Tanjiro's sword uh, was chipped and deemed useless, along with his precious little sister Nezuko, he is escorted to the village to receive a new one, which happens to be the swordsmith uh, village arc. Uh, not arc. Uh, the village. <laughs> the swordsmith village. Blah, 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 blah. It just becomes okay. one big word. <laughs> Meanwhile, the death of an upper-ranked demon disturbs the idol order in the demon world as tanjiro becomes acquainted with the mist hashira tokito and the love hashira kanroji i think that uh kanroji yeah yeah i think that's her name okay ferocious powers creep from the shadows sorry mitsuri yeah yeah Yeah, Uh, ferocious powers creep from the shadows and threaten to shatter the demon slayer's greatest line of defense which is the uh swordsmith uh village so we we touched on the first episode when we were just doing the preview of Demon Slayer early on, and which was like an hour special. And that's basically what it was kind of showing, is that Muzan's had enough. He's had enough with all these demons that are supposed to be so powerful, giving even a piece of his blood, that they're all dying. And he doesn't think they should be dying because these Hashiras are weak and pathetic and everything is below him. So he's now sending both his number four and his number five kind of to be like, all right, we need to take it out by the source. If you get rid of the swordsmiths and make it so they can't have their swords, at some point they won't have their weapons, and Hashira is essentially useless. So I'm glad to see Muzan taking the step forward, though I could say he could probably just do it himself because as the ending of the show confirms and all that, we know Muzan is just a powerhouse, but at this point we just have to wait for Michael Jackson to make his move. So... <laughs> um 
but yeah, I, that's that's just how the beginning opens, and that that's w- where we're going from here. Uh, with that, is that we're just spending the whole time at the Swordsmith Village for Tanjiro to get his sword fixed. Um, and what I will say, this does better for me, and why I told you before we got on this podcast, I already enjoyed more than Entertainment District arc is. It decided not to waste our fucking time. You maybe had two episodes of where they're just doing the, like, bumming around, making jokes, kind of some comedy. You meet the love Hashira as she runs with her big boobs, you know, and sees Tanjiro, and everyone's kind of relaxing. You have um, the swordsmiths getting mad that Tanjiro broke another one, so, you know, he's kind of having to hide from him and all this stuff like that. You meet Tokito, who's kind of bullying this younger kid from the swordsmith village and Tanjiro's like hey don't do that it's not nice uh so it's kind of like very light-hearted once again what entertainment district art did for like five six episodes and um it kind of quickly gets into the action quicker and doesn't waste your time and i'll say that's what i appreciated I didn't think it was that long in the uh, in the entertainment district arc. At least it didn't oh, feel it was that long. long. It didn't feel that long to me. Maybe that's because the uh, the back half was just so so much concentrated action. That's what I'm saying. I think it was like six whole episodes because it's only an eleven episode season as well. I didn't think was it ju- was every that. episode was action. Yeah, I didn't think. I, I still don't think it was quite that long. Maybe it. I get what you're saying though. It did because um, even the. The kind of I like bumming around, I guess, uh, in, in this latest season, the swordsmith uh, arc. It wasn't so much bumming around. Like you, you, you got a whole episode of Tanjiro fighting a goddamn six-armed robot, and I thought that was pretty cool, you know. And it was funny because he thought he was gonna die the whole time, and you get the, you know. I, but maybe that's me because I, while I understand why you and others might not be hyped about it, I I don't mind Demon Slayer's comedy. I think it's fine. It's it's very it's juvenile, and I will admit that. But I I get a, I have a good time. I get a kick out of it for for what it is. Sometimes it's misplaced and overused, but I think I'm more lenient um, than most. No, I can understand. I mean, everyone's got a different set of comedy. Um... It's just like I like I've been saying ever since Ren Goku has passed in the Mugen Train arc. It's kind of like we were going down a darker tone that Hashiro's can die, um, and at this point I'm now pretty much re going back and explaining why I didn't like the way Entertainment District arc fully went, even though I enjoyed it. But it then just sets it apart to where we finally have these two demons that are fucking powerful and nothing happens to where no one pays the price no one really ends with anything horrible so it's just the pacing and all that and then we get to the swordsmith arc yeah i like the comedy but i just wanted to start getting to the darker tone of like you know musin's mad and the demons are really going to be like starting to take this seriously and send out their big boys to kind of clean house which we got a little bit of with swordsmith arc when it comes to all the villagers taking a bunch of deaths and suffering and stuff like that but uh I just, that's what I mean. I, I don't want a lot of comedy uh, in it, and I felt like this had a lot less than Entertainment District Arc, but that that's probably just me. Okay. No, I, I, get, I get you. But no, um, so my, my thing about here here is, so you're saying you like the, uh, like, robot, um, or I guess it's a robot, the training, um, training dummy that uh, Tanjiro is pretty much fighting with to get faster and better at at his sword play is that what you're saying you enjoyed yeah i thought that was a great episode um not only was it uh fine in the action department you know as far as a 
a training episode goes it, it sure as hell is a lot better than like a montage of of the boys getting overworked which is fine but i think this is a step up and you get the you get the dynamic of him and kotetsu uh i believe that was his name or something very very close to that the the young swordsmith who's like over training him and and has no idea how to train and like the, the limits of a fucking human body so tanjiro like i thought that was cute and funny but then you get the other kind of side which was the most intriguing part to me is you it's it's the the guy with tanjiro's earrings the deep the number one demon in muzan's army it's it's the robot is literally him like fucking cell for cell is close a representation as you can get so that tells like that's helping me kind of build the blocks of who the fuck that guy is and i I mean i don't know if you want to make a whole part where we talk about that but i have i have theories about who mr looking like tanjiro's grandpa is now what's your theory uh i i i think he was like the first hashira um i i'm starting to think that he's not actually related to tanjiro or maybe it's it might be a, a deep generational relation but i'm starting to think that he's more closely related to uh the the blind leader of of the demon slayer core I don't know. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much background we have on him. I we probably have more than I'm than I'm aware of. I, maybe it's like a familial thing where the this guy that we're this mysterious fella that we're talking about. It was the first Hashira, and he was like best friends with with Demon Slayer Core's <laughs> grand granddad. So maybe that's that's what's going on. But that's that's what I'm starting to see. I'm less thinking that he's directly related to Tanjiro. And more thinking that maybe he's like the originator of the sun style, and that's why the the fashion, the earrings have been passed down. Mm-hmm. But that that's kind of where I'm at there. But I enjoyed that seeing him as the robot. Um, made like it gave credence to that that this guy has been part of the Demon Slayer core for generations. He's like almost a mythical figure in this in the lore of this, this core, these fucking demon killing things. But we also know that he's a demon now. So I'm sure there was a moment of betrayal at some point that that's kind of what I'm reading from all this. Well, obviously Muzan likes him because, uh, you're number one for a fucking reason. And I, we've already gotten kind of hints that I think, you know, next to, I think Tajiro's father, he's one of the few people that was able to injure Muzan and maybe that made him respect him more. But I don't know if that was, um, if the, it was that, uh, the number one or not, I'm not a hundred percent sure I could be have misheard that. Yeah, no, there's a lot of mystery. But no, I, I did I did I did like that training arc and I, I liked it that they used a training dummy. I did call when they're like, Oh, a secret weapon. I'm like I'm like, Yeah, you mean a sword? I mean, because what other weapons are we using in Demon Slayer that and revolves around samurai swords? But uh yeah, that's the crazy thing is that Tanjiro actually finds the sword buried within the dummy and it's really rusted to shit and it's probably the original guy's uh sword, if that's what you're saying. Like if he was the first Hashira. Maybe, or maybe it was a sword like made for him, but then he turned into a demon and never came to pick it up because he still has some sort of pride. Obviously, he he hasn't gone and murdered everybody in the demon slaying core, and from all accounts, like they they had they built this training dummy with six arms, not because the demon guy had six arms at any point, 
but because he's so fast that to replicate his movements, you need a sixth arm training dummy. Yeah, you need six arms, yeah. So I assume he still has some semblance of pride or whatever you want to call it to where he's not going to go murder his old friends but who who knows you know that's it's building this mystery and later on in the season you get like muzan's backstory so i only i imagine it's only a matter of time before you start really finding out about some of these big players mm-hmm. should we and talk just about for context yeah oh, go ahead oh, sorry no go oh, ahead. no i was just talking about context when i said this season gets to the action quicker i'm looking at the episode things and right when like the action begins is episode four uh, thank you, Tokito. And so that's only four episodes in. That's what I kind of meant, how it's not even halfway, and we're immediately getting into more of the conflict of the season. And that's where I kind of mean it um, when it comes to just getting right to it. Okay. All right. I I, un- I get what you're saying. Um, so I guess we can kind of talk about that a little bit. We can talk about the, the action, because obviously it sounds like you enjoyed it a little bit more in this in this season where I think I'm that while it wasn't bad, I didn't dislike it at all. I, I enjoyed the entertainment district arc more. I, I think if I had to pick one to say is the, the pinnacle of demon slayer, I would pick the entertainment district arc. And I think after listening to you, I think I understand why. Um, and for me, it's because when the action started in, um, in the entertainment district, it did not stop. You had the one backstory of the the two uh, big bad demons, but that also didn't happen. Tengen. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But I feel like those <laughs> those didn't happen. I know the big bad demon didn't happen until like the last fucking episode. Yeah, the, the end, which is always the worst idea to do it. And it and does it, it even in this season, but yeah. And if I didn't say that in, in our review prior, I will say it now and mean it. That was my least favorite part of the season. It's like, oh, we had all this concentrated shown in action shoved into my bloodstream and now i gotta watch this fucking guy be a sad no i don't give a fuck about this yeah. guy right it, now. it's it's just the poor choice of putting it at the end when you've seen so much happen you already know they're dying and then you have to show me a sad backstory and it's like yeah i get it trust me i've watched naruto i get backstories but they don't put it right when they're dying it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't com- compute for me uh maybe listeners are like nah i loved it and i get that it's just it does it all of Demon Slayer, and it kind of bugs me just because for other reasons I can explain, but the reason why I liked this season more was because almost Tanjiro was being like we were, and he started not giving a shit. Like He was just more mad by the end, and I appreciated that human side of him to stop always thinking you need compassion for every fucking demon. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was I was going to get to that, but here we go. Um, here we go it, it it was nice and i made mention in in our little review of the the first episode i made mention that i would love to see a demon who's just kind of a despicable piece of shit and for the most part i mean the the artist guy who was chilling in a pot and was essentially some serpent like fuck he didn't have a tragic backstory we didn't learn a fucking thing about who he was before he and was we a didn't demon. need to <laughs> no and um to be fair, I, I the other guy, I, maybe I read this wrong, but the the scared the scared crying demon, it seemed to me that either his his backstory was pointing to either a he was just a soci like a sociopath and did fucked up things and then convinced himself he didn't, or uh, b which is how I actually think it went, uh, I think he had uh, multiple personality disorder. 
I think that's what it was trying to get at because he was like, I don't remember yeah. doing any of these things. You know, it's these hands. It's it's the actions of they his do body, it himself. Yeah, yeah. But his mind doesn't remember any of it, and that's kind of that's genuinely tragic. And out of all the demon shit that we've seen, that one I think is the most worthy of a backstory because it's like this guy didn't actually. It, it, if that's how it was, this guy didn't actually know that he was doing any of this, at least from what I've come to understand about um about all that stuff. Right. So that that's pretty goddamn tragic. Uh and but I'd I think say that, that killing him is actually doing him a service because it's tragic, but he obviously can't stop himself. He has multiple personalities. His powers mean, you know, he has anger, he has sorrow, he has all these different basically sins that are make up him who he is, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Yeah. Um but I think during the battle, kind of like we were saying, you can almost splash for each one of his angers and all that, show like a flashpoint or a moment that made him start feeling the resentment towards someone, so the anger side, and to build up this character that had multiple personalities instead of just giving it all to you at the end once again, like the same formula. Because like you said, it is tragic, but by the end of all this, and a very long-winded, I will say, like three episodes to conclude... Not three, maybe two, because the last episode's like an hour long. But to conclude, just you know, killing this demon, it was a little long-winded, and I was at the point I was like, "All right, it took forever to kill him. I don't really care at this point." That's just how my mindset's going on these shows when it comes to a long, long haul of killing a demon. But uh, maybe that's just me. No, I, at some point, it's the that's not his real body does get overplayed. I yeah. think they were really straddling the line. I. I'm I'm with you to where it was like by the time it was a headless demon running after people, it was like, all right, you've th- this is the last time. If motherfucker doesn't die now, I'm I would have officially been like, this is stupid. This is dumb. <laughs> this is stupid. But they they straddled that line almost perfectly, as far as I'm concerned, to just just make it uh, the stakes high enough. And I do think they had to give a reason for Nezuko to do the supposed self-sacrifice and i think that was that was how the the mangaka originally was like this is how we're gonna do it and where it's gonna be like one last thing to where it's not tanjiro just has to get there and it's it's more about the choice of him choosing between random people or nezuko um mm. i want to touch on that a little bit later on tanjiro sure. to really discuss more in depth why i've i loved and hated him in this season but it's makes it that much better all right. Um. So there's. Uh. I think we should get into characters now. Uh. Before we get in any further, and then we can talk about some plot points and stuff. But there's a lot of new characters, a lot of new faces that, or faces that we've seen very rarely, and we really get to know now. Uh. So let let's talk about that. I don't know if there's anything you want to say about Tanjiro more, or if we need to move on to some of the newer faces. I'll I'll talk about the new ones first because I know we all know Tanjiro. I'll say that Tokito, though uh, it took me a while to like him because he's one of the quiet ones and. For a good while, going against the vase demon, uh, whatnot, number five, uh, he kind of sat and more of just took in a lot of like apparently a couple words that Tanjiro had said to him that really sank into his mind, uh, you know, because he doesn't really look at people and taking care of them. He's very uh, cold, if I could say that. Uh, but something like awakens his backstory, uh, which is goddamn tragic. Um, and I will say I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a lot of these backstories, and maybe that's what weighed you down, but I finally get to see new characters and f- for once kind of get some backstory 
uh, for like even the ones like Genya uh, that we were just talking about that we'd seen in season one and actually kind of liked him more as I learned his backstory about him and his older brother and what yeah. they had to do to survive. So by going on to Tokito, I, I enjoyed him thoroughly. I also like his design and I like his blade in the end that is like a turquoise blue. You know, I'm a sucker for the mint green kind of look. It's good shit. Yeah, and his uh, capabilities of using the mist as like he's basically one of the fastest Hashira because he can almost teleport in the mist. So I love fast people. But no, all around a, a, a decent character because once I started getting that he's kind of just a very... Um, I almost think of him as Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Things just go over his head. Everything is literal to him. So I kind of like that that simple look that he always would give or responses uh, it kind of worked with the like uh, kid from the village that he hung out with that was always emotional. I don't know. It, I just liked Tokito, but I don't know if what you thought. I thought he was a great character. Um, so just to touch on the backstory, I, it was really. I think Tokito's backstory was great. I think it was just like five minutes too long, just a bit too long. Um, maybe I didn't need the part where he got saved. You know, it, while. A touching moment and i can see how people might like it i, I don't know if well, I you needed... want you want to also link it to like how he got to with the hashiras though you could say well it's obvious he went there no i mean this may be his only limelight for a while so give it to him now while you can you know what i'm saying yeah i just i think i think you could have trimmed some fat with um with his backstory not bad nonetheless but it you know it and it did come what I was kind of saying earlier is like I I appreciate when the action starts it doesn't stop even if it takes six episodes to get there as where this season was like we're gonna give you action every episode after like episode three but we are gonna break it up with with these uh these backstories and whatnot but I thought Tokito was a fine character I I liked uh you know one of the better versions of Amnesia that I've seen at least in recent memory I thought it was fine, and it makes sense. You know, it's not just I took a bump on the head and now I don't remember. It's you know, trauma can make you forget things. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, a... just think your your brother died in your like holding your hand, and he had been there for like so many days. He'd already started to smell and to see, uh, and like maggots are eating at his ba his brother's flesh, and he hasn't moved, and he's starting to die. So the maggots are working on him next. I mean, that is traumatizing, bud. That is fucking traumatizing. So I thought that was a well-needed scene to see the end and how he was saved and all that. I, I get what you're saying, but at this point, I don't want to just think of Anosuke and Tanjiro and Zenitsu and Nezuko in the four. I want to like other side characters. And Tengen, for me, was a very lackluster, not delivered too much about him to warrant my attention, while Tokito did. So that's why I enjoyed that. Sure. Yeah, no, Tokito's definitely a, a much deeper character than Tengen. I mean, let's get to the next one, which is the love Hashira that, like, we know our girl uh, Amelia from Otaku Host Club loves to death. Um, I'm glad she got her backstory. I don't know if you were like, I didn't need this right now. It was probably not the best time to put it in. But if you're going to talk about Tokito's, you got to give, you know, her some props and all that stuff, which she has a long ass name, I think. Kanroji? No, 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 that's not that long. Yeah, not that bad. Um, uh, no, I didn't mind her backstory because I was happy that we actually got something about her. Um, I was worried we get to fucking episode six, seven, eight, and you're like, where, where the hell is Mitsuru, Mitsuri? Um, what, what's going on? Like she was supposed to be yeah. a featured member and all we've done so far is seen her, um, naked. Ex Machina. 
Yeah, we we've seen her naked at a side shot, and and may we've seen her make Tanjiro horny. So there's that, you know. That but what else do we get? And I I made mention uh, when we talked about the first episode that I I want her to be more than just the booby character. I want her to be more than just the girl. And I after finishing this season, I come away with split thoughts. I think they did a better job of not sexualizing her throughout the entire uh the entirety of it like her main focus wasn't the fact that she was the booby girl she was you know a fine competent fighter her fucking she wasn't like a healer or anything like that she lived up to what a hashira should be um her right. backstory though while i appreciated it i just it and i'm a dude so take this with a grain of salt but i I'm watching it and I'm like, so her whole backstory is she couldn't find a husband because her and hair fuck is all those weird. husbands. Her hair is weird and she eats a lot. Okay, fine. Not, I get it. 18th century Japan, not very woman like things, quote unquote, whatever, you know? But then you see her in modern day and every guy that she's around is like, you know, stood at attention if, if you don't mind me using a fucking a funny. Yeah. It it reeked as like it reeked as fake, and that was unfortunate. Where it's like I you could have just I would have rather her just been like a normal person, you know, who didn't have like a, anything kind of tragic about her, than have it be like no boys wanted to date me, and then I decided to be myself. Uh, but while ev like that just doesn't seem real. Like every man who we see that's not part of the flashback would marry her in a heartbeat. I don't know if it's like a nobility thing, but that oh, I think this is before she became a Hashira. So that's where you think you yeah, think the Hashira title are, helped. You think most of the I don't man, I don't know. Maybe it's just my attractions, but I'm like, are you kidding me? No man in the in the prefecture wanted to marry you? I big fucking doubt, man. Like I Well well here here's here's the thing about that. I, I understand that you, you're a little upset about how, like, how would no one want to? And I get that. I'm going to go with that until she became a Hashira. I'm going to go off of the cusp here and say sort of the stranger. The main character had to change his red hair to black because he would literally be judged. He would be looked down upon. They would already know he's a foreigner. You, you don't fit in. So her hair color being like that, th though you say, is it really that big of a deal? Yes, and we're just talking about how the century in Japan that they're at and all that stuff, they are heavily judged. And when it comes to a a marriage, uh, I don't I know it's just how men are and it's it's horrible, but men don't like it when women are stronger than them. It's it's a known fact. Uh so Well, those are that, beta the, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm just anyway, saying, no, so she eats a lot, and the reason she eats a lot is because she is super strong. She is probably the, one of the strongest Hashira. I think she was like number two or three out of the strength test, if I'm not um, remembering correctly. So Then I wish that would have carried over to the present day, and it would have been a factor. Well, how can you do that? We don't have enough time in the, in the episodes. You were just talking about how they're taking too much time in between action. I think, you know what but, I'm saying? E but even in the beginning, like, you know, um, it could have been a thing where Tanjiro, instead of just immediately, and I know Tanjiro's a good boy, I get it, but somebody, you could have had, like, uh, Genya, for example, He he's hot for, for, uh, for Mitsuri, so he could have looked at her hair initially and been like, oh, wow, that's weird, and then looked down at her boobs and been like, but, and then gotten all red and flustered. Um, it just, it didn't, it felt like the, the, 
the creator was like, wow, we need we need something. We need something for this lady's backstory. I, ah, you know what women hate? Not being able to find a husband. Um, I, it's not terrible by any means, but it wasn't right. my favorite thing. You know, I can I can understand how somebody who is a woman might look at that and think that is a tired, overdone trope because they've been seeing it all their lives where I'm as a 28 year old man have just kind of started to notice like all like the way women are written in media and started to critique it more myself. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's terrible. I'm just saying it comes across as a little, like a man definitely wrote this. No, I hear, but I, I would have given more flack if like every other female we've met Hashira was the exact same way. And they're not the butterfly lady. I forgot her name. Unfortunately, uh, Shinobu. Um, Unless that's her okay. apprentice, I don't remember. Yeah, because I know there's there's two of them. Uh, yeah, they look which identical. One did you say? Uh, Shinobu, I think, is the Hashira. Okay, because the, the the one that's like the younger under apprentice is Kano or something uh, yeah, like that. So I, it's yeah. yeah so I think I think you said the right one. I think we got it. I think. We but got either it. way, I just they weren't used to be like, oh, I need a husband because I am female. So the love Hashira, which literally in the title is about love. I will give this one a pass because that is pretty much her ability. When she was using abilities, involved love and stuff like that. So I am going to give that a pass. I hear, I hear you 100%, but this is why I'm not giving it any flat because I sure. think it was only her character. There's no one else that's using love and husbands and not being loved for who they are as their backstory. I get it, and I would I would be more upset if Nezuko still couldn't talk, but she ended up being able to talk later on. So it's like, oh, okay. All right. So we are kind of correcting some of the stuff, <laughs> but um, let's talk about, let's talk about Mitsuri as, you know, just like a badass though. Cause that's where I think she really shined. First of all, her sword is the coolest goddamn thing. I don't know how Man, you felt you about the floppy Devin katana. like that? I don't think it's that cool, but that's just I, I think unique weapons are cool and it's not granted a katana style, of that weapon where it's only one sharp edge probably isn't effective for yeah. shit, but there are weapons that are floppy blades used whip. Like I think, uh, India, ancient India used a lot of them. Um, maybe not a lot of them, but it's, they, they had weapons like that. So it's not complete. I didn't have to suspend a crazy amount of belief, but I thought it was cool and unique. And maybe I just have an affinity to whips. I just I like know. swords. I like katanas. I mean, I gave Anosuke a pass for chipping it away because it's like, yeah, that's Anosuke. And Tengen used his, like, shorter swords, weird ones. I was fine with it. He dual-wielded. But after a while, I'm like, yo, you guys need to be using swords up in this bitch. That's the whole point of this show. I mean, so. yeah, it, she's the only one so far. One of them eventually is just going to have, like, a club or something, and JD's going to be like, <laughs> The no, big guy no with more. the beads is just going to be using a club. He's like, this is my sword. It's like, get the fuck off of it. Yeah, no, if he if he's in Dark Souls, he's definitely, like, a mace user or something. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, like, backstory aside, what did you like? did you like Mitsuri? How did you feel about the love Hashira? Yeah, it was the same way. Um, though I'd say my I was upset on how long it took for her to kind of get in the fights. I yes, was glad yeah. to see, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen a lot, but seeing the female character coming and saving the day. I loved seeing Tokito save the day. Like I said, it wasn't all Tanjiro. I was glad to see the Hashiras jumping in, doing the Dosas Machina type of shit and being like, here I am, <laughs> and she's pretty much saving them and then uh at the point when she's fighting this uh the number four demon that's using like this wood style dragon attack from naruto essentially 
and attacking her and then Tanjiro and everyone's like no she's gonna be helpless protect her and then she literally like slashes it all in one go and then he's like never mind she's fine she's so cool so I liked that kind of aspect of it so like she didn't need the help I mean at the end she did need help but that was just because she was running out of stamina but um I think she did really well and I I would like to see her more in the show I don't want just this to be it but I'm glad she was in it for sure yeah, and I think that might be skewing me a little bit is that you didn't get much of her and a good chunk of what you got of her was the I can't find a husband arc. So that might have mm-hmm. given me a bad um kind of a bad idea of what they're trying to do do with her character, but again, wasn't sexualized. So yeah, I really I want to see her more. I I think she's a a fun exciting character and again, her sword is badass. And I can't say it enough. I appreciate Genya being in this show. Um, at first, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same voice that does Baku, uh, Bakugo and My Hero uh, for the sub. Uh, just because we were listening to sub, I'm pretty sure, because I don't think they finished the dub for you. That might be fair. Yeah, I know. I, I actually, I watched it all in sub. I, I did. Yeah. Um, I think you might be right. I didn't, I'm not good at picking up voice actors. I always I, know his voice because he, he just screams, you. you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think of one problem. But not so much with his character, but something that his character did, and I maybe oh you can boy. maybe you can help me out because I okay um your boy was he a demon is that is that that that's what I saw right like he turned in or I or think does... he's half demon he uses demon traits to make his powers known and the more he eats like demons the more he can heal because he uses like demon power uh-huh. I don't think he's full demon. He just has the ability to pretty much access this like rage demon type state, um, which don't know if that's going to go deeper into his backstory on how he got this. But we know that for sure, like instead of Anosuke being able to move his organs and, and saying it last minute, and we're all supposed to just be like, yeah, he can do that. Genya like pretty much says I'll be fine, you know, I and he's like in his own head is talking about I'm using a lot of my demon powers and I don't know if I can keep going this long. I can only regenerate so much. So he's already explaining that he can regenerate like a demon, but yeah. it takes a toll on him. You know, I just like the fact that they'll they'll give you the bullshit I can survive these attacks, but they're explaining a lot more than like one time, last second, okay, there we go. You know what I mean? It sure. Just, and I, I, I only bring this up because I'm more intrigued with why Genya was able to do whatever he could with demon powers. I'm infinitely more intrigued with that than I am with how Inosuke can move his organs. That reads as a complete ass pull so Inosuke doesn't die, and I, I could write it off there, and it's like, whatever. I don't care at that point. Right. The Genya thing seems plot relevant. Um, That seems like a exactly. power that can be used later on. So while I was upset that they didn't dig more into it, I won't be upset if we get to if we kind of talk about it later on you know if, if episode one of the next season the whatever fucking airplane arc i guess i don't know i'm just guessing um if we get to if Genya's like oh yeah well if you eat demon flesh then you can use a little bit of demon power and it's really bad for your body and it takes a year off of your life for for every so much you right. eat and, and, we, and have... we know his older brother what shina zugagawa or something like that the white-haired guy yeah he just looks like he's at a demon state at all times he's got the eyes that are like just red beating he's got that sadistic mindset and i'm wondering if he learned that from his brother genya i'm talking about and yeah. if we're gonna see that in the future like you said it's plot driven yeah so while i mean genya was a fine character and i thought 
I, I, I wish there was more. I, I wish it was a bigger to do about him becoming a demon or having demon like traits. And I know that Tanjiro is very much, you know, demons aren't all bad people, but I would have liked a little bit more. It, it felt like you could have played it kind of like a zombie film where it's like you find out your your buddy's been bitten because he gets in the tuft and now you see his bite mark and then it, it becomes kind of tense and Tanjiro has to wonder well what the hell's going on but to his I guess credit Tanjiro being the good ass boy that he is is like well he's not trying to kill me and I know Genya he's a fine feller so I don't you know whatever that's fine Genya keep trying to help <laughs> can you keep now that that's what I mean. I'm, and also, let's just talk about this man packing a sawed-off shotgun. I That's mean, I another that. thing. <laughs> he has gun. <laughs> he still uses a sword, but when it breaks, he's like, you know what? I just start blasting. <laughs> you know, that's just what I got to do. Yeah, I don't um, know if those shotgun shells, I don't know what the time period is, but those look like just modern-day shotgun shells he was pumping into. They do. Into it's like, what the fuck? And normally I'd get mad at this, but I'm like, this is like JoJo's type of ridiculous shit that I'm like, I accept for this character. Like, a gun makes sense, you know? You can get a, a sawed-off shotgun in 18th cent- or 19th century Japan. That's not impossible, but getting, like, plastic-made shotgun shells, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but yeah, like, just a goofy little oversight that I was like, haha. Yeah, but no, so Genya was still good for me, maybe because it also uh, entailed his backstory with his brother, too, about where his brother essentially had to kill his own mother, who became a demon, to protect his brother. Um, yeah, you kind of have to become a Hashira thing. after that. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, you're pretty you much, go. your life is set in stone at that point. Like, uh, how do you go back to normal living? You can't. So, <laughs> walk up to blind guy, where can I apply for a job? I don't know if we'll get hired <laughs> anywhere else. Yeah, I, I seem to be a sadistic motherfucker. Can you take me and my younger brother in? And I will be one of the best swordsmen you've ever seen. I will eat all the demons. Uh, you don't have to eat them. I will eat all I will eat the eat demons. All, all right. So uh, sure. Yeah, so, so there's so some there's some new characters now. The last one before we get to Tanjiro and like Nezuko because I got to talk about this when we get closer to the ending and wrapping this up. How did you, I forgot his name? But the swordsmith that was making Tanjiro's sword. I think it's Hanagaragaki or something. It's a ha- long I think name. It's, I think Hanagazawa. I no, think it's, I, I swear I, to God, I saw a K in there. But I'm gonna have to like type up like what his swordsmith's name is. Yeah, because there's so many names. No, he uh, definitely he has a name that is not polite to our native language. That is for fucking sure. I okay. So how do I feel about him? I know which guy you're talking about. It's okay. It, yeah, I was right any- about it. It's Hodoru Hanaganazuka. Hanaganazuka. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah, I knew it had a K in there. (laughs) Oh, right. So that, yeah, Tanjiro's swordsmith. That's the angry one. Yes, and what we find out is you finally get to see his face because as he is still honing the sword for Tanjiro and will not change, will not help anyone, will not turn around, and the uh, fifth demon who is fighting Tokito is there basically, He's getting whipped by this demon. He's getting played with because he's wanting to prove that he will stop doing his art and honing that sword to pretty much save himself, but he won't, and he keeps on doing it. Um, I just respect the type of drive, and that pretty much goes for all these swordsmiths. You know, you always get like, I get it. I broke your sword. You're upset, but how how bad is it really? You can just make another one, and then you see how hard they work and how long it took him to hone it to 
by the end of the season, he said it's only like 30% complete or something. He didn't even fully finish it. Uh, it's like, it's just incredible. It kind of opened up more to like the life of a swordsmith and how committed they are. And I, I, I love that. Yes. Yeah, so, so I always loved the swordsmith for one reason and one reason only. Um, well, he's a cool character otherwise, but uh, I correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but I'm pretty good at picking out one fucking voice actor. I'm 90% sure that's my boy Daisuke Ono, the voice of Jotaro Kujo and every really? other big. I'm Damn. pretty fucking sure because there's a certain inflections that that man makes that I can pull out. It's when he he almost like gets guttural and like rolls his G's. Um, it, it reminds me of Star Platinum's Huda, you know, that fucking sound. Um, yep. I'm not either way. If it's not Daisuke Ono, it's a man who sounds enough like oh. him. It's him, isn't Wait, it? Wait, it says he was voiced by Daisuke Namikawa. What? How, what? Is this the, the same, the same fucking first name? I think. I'm either just, way. I'm just being, that's what it said behind the voice actors for, uh, oh shit. Well, a- anyway, Namakawa. That sounds like him. Hold on, it sounds like really. Keep going. You keep going. Yeah, I'll that's that. Okay. Yeah. So either way, regardless of that, uh, I love. That's a baseline love. I like how he's a, a, an agent of chaos. All that. He might be my favorite character in Demon Slayer now. L- no joke. Like I love. There's plenty of characters to choose from. They're all great. But I, I, I'm a person who values like conviction. That's why I love Stain from My Hero Academia. I don't agree with him, but son of a bitch, he agrees with himself enough for the both of us, and I love that. I love when somebody just believes so hard in something, even if it's stupid as fuck. And apparently, this man believes he has a true passion for honing swords. And like you said, it gives so much credence to him being so angry about Tanjiro breaking them. Uh, But now you see why. Because the man puts his heart and soul and literally his goddamn life on the line to make these swords. And yeah, watching him get his ass whooped and just not flinching once, just continuing to hone the sword. Like, first of all, that's a monotonous goddamn task. Doing it without some demon beating the shit out of you? I won't do it. I wouldn't do it. Add a demon beating the shit out of me? God, no. And this man just does not give a fuck. Even, like you said, after... It's we need the sword or everybody's going to die. He's still like, nah, fam, give me the goddamn sword back. I ain't done. My job ain't done. That's poor craftsmanship. Like, I will fight you. Like, that's, you know, I'm not a libertarian, but I like Ron Swanson because he, you know, why half ass something when you can whole ass one thing or whatever the hell the quote was? No, that's pretty close. Yep. Yeah, pretty damn. It's give your all into anything you're doing. And this. This swordsmith exemplifies giving your all to whatever you're doing. It's it's wonderful. So you want to know who he voices? Yeah. What do we got? He voices Hisoka from Hunter Hunter, Oyakawa from Haikyuu, and Anasui from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Are you serious? Yes. Son of a bitch. Well, I I like him anyway. He might not be Jotaro, but <laughs> that guy's got a good resume. Holy shit. He does. I've just picked the best ones pretty much, but yeah, he, he seems to have a very wide range. Well, you know what? Uh, this is more proof that I'm terrible at picking up voice actors. You're welcome, everybody. Just leave it to the experts there, buddy. Hey, uh, yeah, I picked a cool guy, though. I found a cool guy You did, like. you did. But that's what um, I mean. So even a small part of him, this is probably why I like the season, is we get so many more side characters that actually get a little bit of 
like love or a little attention so we don't have to look at the main forecast i want to see the wide diverse of characters you know what i'm saying um but uh speaking of all this though i have to get to some of the biggest things here and that's talk about tanjiro and nezuko okay uh, one, I will say, and I will always say this to the death, uh, I love Nezuko because of her willingness and drive to pretty much constantly, almost like Tanjiro, though she is a demon and yes, she can regenerate, she constantly pushes past her limit to continually save Tanjiro or fight these demons that probably almost could say are above or at her level, probably above, I'd say, um, taking constant shots in the back, losing legs and limbs. I don't know. I ju- just the drive that I've never seen uh, that I love. I like it when she gets mad and she's getting more intense. The fangs come out more. The tattoos or whatever that goes through her body gets more intense. Um, I As much as, you know, until the ending when she can start talking, spoilers alert, she's very one-dimensional because she can't talk. Uh, I'd say all that before she could talk. I just enjoyed it. I, I just enjoyed Nezuko being there because if it wasn't for her, I'm pretty sure Tanjiro would have died 20 times over. Without a doubt. Yeah, no, Nezuko's great as always. And um, you, the more we talk about this, the more I, I, I kind of am realizing why I think I liked Entertainment District more. And it's it's because like while Nezuko was just as much of a badass, she didn't get like a shiny new transformation like she got in the last season. Not a knock against her. It's just not something that blew my goddamn mind. It was like, oh, cool. What she's transformation? A... She didn't get a transformation. Well, today. she no I mean, this she, season. No, she just goes and starts using her like full powered adult form. Where it's it's kind of the difference between like when Goku turns Super Saiyan and and then Goku turning Super Saiyan after that. The first time is always going to be the most hype. You know what I'm saying? No, I understand that completely, but I felt like it was kind of unique that she was using her own blood to make a sword that Tanjiro was using a that was like cool. red flame. So it's more of like showing the teamwork that has gotten even more enhanced since the Entertainment District arc. They've both gotten stronger, as you want to see, because they're pretty much the main characters, and they have to progress, and they have to start taking out stronger demons, so we got to see some kind of progression. Yeah. Um. I just think that their teamwork worked better. Even with Genya, they all had to work against multiple uh, demons that were split into different personalities, and the way they had to kind of work that through without two Hashiras for the longest time is pretty awesome, in my opinion, and I I was glad to see that. While in the last season, you see Tengen having a hard time with just one of the like lower five people and all that stuff, and Tanjiro's just there doing his own thing, going against Daki and whatnot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was more of seeing these three really kind of, I don't know, persevere and try to last all by themselves against a upper five demon. And I think that's crazy. I don't know. Maybe it's a little ridiculous. It's getting even more far-fetched, but I thought that was a good thing. No, I think it's I think it's fine. And now that you pointed out, I, I will agree. And I have no problem with Tanjiro punching up and going up, fighting above his weight class. Because he's the fucking main character in a goddamn Yeah, every main character shonen. does it. Yeah. Yeah, like, Naruto had no business fighting Zabutsa. Him and Sasuke, by all means, should have gotten absolutely waxed. But guess what? He turned into a shuriken and they won. They did it <laughs> twice, okay? You get, you're the fucking main character. I get it. It is, it can be tiring when you know that the ma- that that somebody in a story just isn't going to die. But I also think that if that's a real problem... Y'all need to stop watching these kind of shows because that's that's what this is. You know, you don't 
main characters don't op- not everything's Game of Thrones. There's a reason Game of yeah, Thrones blew I'm, the fuck up. I mean, up. and though the character doesn't die, and I'm not spoiling it, but in Hunter Hunter is one of the few things where the main character isn't always gonna win. Yeah, uh, he's gonna try to push through, but it doesn't matter sometimes. But you Demon can't... Slayer does that, but it's not to that extent because he still needs to persevere. Because if not, he will die <laughs> in and those like, situations. Tanjiro's a special boy. We we all have been told. Billions of times, and if you ha- if you haven't figured it out yet, here I'm telling you, Tanjiro's a special boy. He's a good special boy. He's not just a normal goddamn kid. He's the fucking chosen one. Goddamn it! He could do water breathing, fire breathing, sun breathing, and guess what? Now he can do the thunder clap. Yeah. So move over, Zenitsu. We don't need you anymore. He can at least run <laughs> like the thunder clap, if nothing else. Yeah, that, that, and that's a wonderful skill. So I don't. Oh, I, I love uh, yeah. watching Tanjiro continue to carry on. I loved when in in the last season when he fought uh, all literally all by himself because he blacked out. I know some people are like, "Oh, what a you know that's so stupid." I thought it was the coolest fucking thing. So I'm here, dude. I want Tanjiro to single hand fight Muzan all by him, goddamn self. Right now, don't need those Hashiras. Go right now and get it. And you made mention earlier, his dad was like the last person to injure Muzan. Uh, this guy who looks a shit ton like Tanjiro and obviously has some connection to him is like the number one fucking demon and is Muzan's right hand man. And like, and he's a fire. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was a he fire. Does, yeah, breather he uses the, like the, yeah. the yeah, he's the sun breathing, sun breathing. So, my bad. So yeah, Tanjiro is he's comes from a long lot. He's like fucking Armstrong for Christ's sakes. This badassness has been in his family for generations. And we've seen also when they enhance and they start using like their real full power, like Tokito, when he was using his, the tattoos started becoming prominent on his face. That's something and we else, always yeah. see Tanjiro, his scar, which is also could be a tattoo, gets larger and more spread uh, as he starts to embrace it. And I'm pretty sure the same thing happens to the Love Hashira as well. I think you're so. Right. Whenever yeah. they use their full power, that happens. So you can already see at his current you know, uh, power level, he's starting to show the signs of a Hashira level because he's able to do these things and excel at a very exceptional level. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to watch a story about some guy who sucks. I mean, and uh, Grant, no, people do like Tokyo Avengers, but still, you know, it's much more fun to watch a story about people who kick ass in one respect yes. or another. Yeah. So this go- this leads me to Tanjiro talk, a very long Tanjiro. talk I need to, to, to go back with you about Okay. Uh, where you said he was kind of looking like, yeah, this proves that we need to have the, the whole band back together because Tanjiro's a little lacking as a character. I think it helps. But I, I don't think he's a bad character no, no, by yeah, any yeah, stretch. I but know it, what you're saying. It does help. Like, yeah. My thing I did enjoy, though, is because we had a lot of time with him in his own head and constantly battling and having to strategize on how they're going to survive when you have multiple demons that one has to be able to shoot lightning, one can use a wind fan that knocks you from a long distance, and then another that's using this type of halberd spear and is pretty much a powerhouse. There's just so many different kind of battle types he has to deal with, and he's constantly going through things in his head on how they're going to plan this out, how they're going to escape. And like you said with Zenitsu, he recalls the moments of learning something from his own friend on how to control, like doing the lightning thunderclap. And then we get to see him utilize stuff that he has been told about, been trained on a little bit and explained, and then he utilizes it. I'm just seeing more finally a kind of a strategist, right? Like getting to see the war mind working in Tanjiro and seeing him not being like, though you, I understand it was cool, but just 
I'm going to black out and I'm going to start swinging like last season. Because guess what happened to Mugen Train? I'm going to keep on killing myself in the dream world to come back and keep swinging. Lately, a lot of his attacks and a lot of his fights have been, I'm going to keep going nuts. I'm going to just go 100 and I'm just going to keep going. And I want to see more of a, a little bit of a strategy behind that head. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. want to know that he also has a mind to realize this isn't working. Okay, I have water breathing. I have fire breathing. I have sun breathing. Like maybe use some other, yeah, using the quick step so you can get somewhere farther to like chase someone down. Use your mind a little bit, buddy. That's And that's what I loved seeing Tanjiro doing because I've been on the fence about Tanjiro all along. It's hard for me to like main characters because they're the main character. You see them all the time. You know they're pretty much going to survive. So I want to see them have something unique or something different. And what I started seeing was he was starting to be smarter. He was starting to think a little bit more and utilize teamwork. And then when he started getting sick and tired of constantly trying to kill this motherfucking demon, he just started getting mad. He was like seeing this demon and no longer was he thinking, oh, that's someone that probably was a good person or a decent person. He just wanted them to die. He just kept saying by the end, why won't you die? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I love seeing that rage from him because it's like, dude, you could say you're perfect, but you know, we're not all perfect. We have those moments where we just, we've had enough. And I think kind of like your blackout moment, but instead of him just black it out, he's more of like trying to direct that anger to a single point to try to chop this motherfucker's heads off. So I don't know. That's just all the pluses right there that made me love him this season much more than I have in the previous seasons. Yeah, that that's you're right. You're 100% right. And I, I also appreciated him upping his fight IQ a little bit. And But I, he, but I have a lot of negatives now. <laughs> okay. All right. Because um, I, I think you touched on most of the positives that I would have gotten. Um, right. Yeah, so so what do you got for negatives? What do you got? All right, and this is what makes him a great character, but also, to me, it was a very simple decision, so it pissed me off. Me and my buddy Devin can contest to this. So at this moment, when you just said the, uh, the uh, fourth demon is running with his head cut off, he thinks at this point when he cut off the head, it's finally done. The head's still running, so apparently the head doesn't kill it. So he's sitting there, and he's like, man, I got to figure this out. And in the midst of this, the sunlight's starting to come up. So what he forgets is that Nezuko is still out in the open, not in her box, and she's basically, you know, a demon. And at the same time, Genya is half demon. He says in his own head, shit, I got to get out of here. So he just dips. He can't do anything because he's got to save himself as well. And at this point, Tanjiro doesn't know whether to save a couple of swordsmith that are being chased by this headless demon, which was laughable because I know it has no head, but it's just running slowly like an ogre. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And he sees the sun coming up and he covers Nezuko and she is burning. She is screaming. She is in pain. This is your fucking sister. The whole reason that you are trying to make her human, the whole reason you are fighting against these demons was to bring her back and save the one part of your family that you have. And all you kept doing was sitting there having a mental breakdown of, I don't know whether to save those three people and kill the demon or literally save Nezuko. And maybe this is where you were saying where some parts were dragging. Maybe it's because I was watching weekly while you binged it and I had wanted to see this finale. And then we spent like five minutes of him just sitting there pondering like this boy is melting down, crying, not knowing what to do. And it took Nezuko to make the deciding factor of get that fucker dead and don't worry about me. 
I was so mad at Tondro. Like all this growth I saw you go through, you actually showing emotion and getting angry. Like, you know what? I'm not going to remorse these fuckers. Seeing you actually get stronger, seeing you do tactics, seeing you work with teamwork with your own sister as you're getting stronger. And you couldn't even think of which one to do. Really? You couldn't? You, you don't know which one you're doing this whole for? You don't know the whole point of the show? Fuck out of here. I'm not as mad as you. Uh, I That being said, though, that's why I like him as a character, because it shows that he has flaws. He really cares about taking care of people. So even though he loves his sister, he has a hard time just throwing away life he know he can easily save as well. And we saw that in Mugen Train, where they went into his mind, and it's all pure light. It's like beautiful in there it's kind so you know that's what he has deep down in his soul but that being said if i had a choice between three people or you buddy i'm going to let those three people die okay and maybe that reflects off of me and that's why it's like you need to save your sister so all right well two two things um and this first one might be disputed i'm not here to argue necessarily but are you sure (laughs) yeah i think i think the the thought process wasn't so much the three people because I agree, three strangers over Nezuko. Like no matter what, it's a and shitty. He's, set. he's worried they were, he was going to get away. He's not getting away. He's trying that, to kill those people so he can power up. I just well, didn't get it. I just that, didn't get it. I think. Well, here's here's what I'm thinking. I think he was going to kill those people and then use that power instead of to fight Tanjiro. He was going to use that power to escape. And then that demon would still be out in the world. So Tanjiro wasn't looking at it so much as save three people or save Nezuko. It was more save these three people and however other many people that this demon is going to kill if I let him escape or save Nezuko. So that's what I'm getting at. That that that's that. I don't that is what it is. But my my second point, and I want to make a Kind of a comparison from your neck of the woods. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I see a lot of similarities to a lot of the problems that uh, Spider-Man goes through. All right? And it's the problem huh? of... Res- it, well, it's the problem of responsibility. So Spider-Man is a teenager, and he gets thrust this power upon him, and, and at least this is my vague understanding of Spider-Man. Right, I but, already have a counter, but I want to hear it. <laughs> sure, sure, but this is just kind of... This, this is just a vague analogy. And then Uncle Ben tells him to that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And if mm-hmm. you have the ability to help people, you can't just run away from it. So I and I don't know any specifics, but well, yeah, in at least the movies, I guess there were plenty of times where it's like, you know, I have Mary Jane and I you can either save her or you can save the children's hospital. You know, you get put in a shitty situation, which, situations which he like did. That. Yeah, he got put in that. Yep. Yes, exactly. So that's what I'm looking at it as Tanjiro being stuck in a situation of save the masses or save somebody who's close to me. And then you yeah. made you made mild mention of it, but the whole reason he's been doing the whole thing is because uh, he wanted to get Nezuko to be back to a human. But through his journey, he has taken on the responsibility of essentially being one of the Hashiras, essentially being one of the only defenses humans have against demons. So now he's weighing the responsibility that he chose for himself and the responsibility that was thrust upon him. No, absolutely. And I will say Shonen is probably the closest we can say to almost like a superhero film um, because it's going to always mostly have a happy ending. It's always going to have the hero saving many over, you know, one person uh, in the best way possible. But way I will say it, though, is that Spider-Man... 
is not starting his whole journey of I'm going to save Mary Jane or I'm going to be with Mary Jane. It is to be that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that protects everyone. So already he goes into the notion that I will protect everyone. He doesn't have a brother or sister. He's lost his mother and father. He lost his uncle. So he doesn't really have family. Uh, So it's not really the same in that context. And also when Spider-Man does save decision between Mary Jane and the children, what does he do? He does both of them at the same time because there's no time to think, you just act. And that's all I'm saying is the sitting there for five minutes, I know it's to build the emotion, the build the stress of like, what's he going to do is important. But at this point, I was like, you got to make a choice. We're not watching Evangelion. We're not Shinji. We're not just going to sit here. This is not what the show is. If you want to go that route, okay, change it to something else than Demon Slayer. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's well, I just think, that's what I, think I mean. Demon Slayer wants, we, we can all agree, Demon Slayer wants to be ridiculously emotionally deep. I mean, that's why you get yeah. the backstory of the demons after they all die. So it's trying, like, we don't see it as a a deep emotionally challenging show but it's definitely trying to be that for what i assume are are younger people who this is their first experience of something mildly challenging um as far as media right. goes right i totally get that yeah yeah so i and yeah the the spider-man thing i definitely not a one for one comparison but i just that was kind of where it made me go is that Tanjiro is weighing these responsibilities and, yeah. you know, through you panic. And I, I understand the indecision there. Maybe that's just my life experiences and, and my anxiety, honestly, that puts me more into his shoes. While I agree, it was mildly you frustrating. Save my ass. And it's, yeah, sure. <laughs> it, <laughs> you better save my ass. It was. It was a little much. I can definitely agree with that. I don't. I don't hate the idea behind it of Tanjiro being put, and I think he's going to be put into a lot more situations where he has to choose between his responsibility as a Demon Slayer core member, or uh, perhaps a Hashira in the future, and Nezuko or one of his other friends. And I think that's going to end up being a pretty common theme going forward. So yeah, I and, and, I get what you're but, cut, where you're coming from though. I, I and do. I don't want to upset anyone that's sitting here giving it a ten out of ten. Any listeners that love this to I really am not saying that like and like I said, I love this season, and I'm not saying that it's wrong for Tanjiro. I'm saying out of my beliefs and what I've seen, and from season one on, and how much I've gotten involved with these characters, I just felt like it was a little much. And to like really, it's hard for you to choose. Now you brought in the good point of like now he's like the superhero. And, you know, he's kind of have to take on that responsibility. And I totally get that. But here we have Tokito not too long ago as a Hashira. Wasn't really caring. He wanted people out of the way, but he wasn't going out of his way to save anybody. He just saved the main part of the mission. So Hashiras are not meant to be sole providers and saviors of every single human being. Some pick and choose which are more important to save. So Tanjiro doesn't necessarily have to protect everyone. It's just more of something he has inside which I, I appreciate. Um, it's just me personally. I'm giving my opinion on how it was maybe delivered and how they just made it seem so traumatizing while maybe just me going through it thinking it's my sister. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm pretty much saving my sister. And, you know, that makes me probably a bad person. I don't <laughs> fucking know. Um, well, but no, the, in the end, yeah, it works ahead. out anyway because uh, Nezuko uh, decides for him and uh, – we get like a, what, seven, six-minute montage of every moment they went through, 
And I told myself there's no way they're going to do it, but I have a feeling they, they're serious. Uh, they're yeah. going to kill Nezuko. Uh, I don't think it was quite seven minutes long, but it sure as fuck <laughs> felt it. Um, and yeah. you're sitting here I, like, if they're going to show me this, they have to be serious. And that's the... I, so I was... I think I Were just got. Bu- I think I got mad? built up in a fucked up way because I had the same emotional journey you did. I'm I'm thinking at first it's like obviously they're not gonna kill Nezuko, but go ahead, try to convince me, and then try to the, convince me. By the time Tanjiro hits the ground and starts running, I'm convinced. I'm like, all right, they really built that up. Okay, they can't just they can't just have her not die for whatever reason. We lost Nezuko. I can't believe it happened. But, I, granted, I was upset, but I was also like, you have what, you know, you, you have guts, She my made friend. the decision, you better kill that fucking demon. That's all I said, you know? And to find out that she was fine, let me just say, Demon Slayer, you are fucking lucky that you gave me <laughs> a line from Muzan. Because if you didn't give me anything and Nezuko was just magically yes, alive, exactly. I would yeah. and even the line from Muzan I'm not satisfied with, but it's enough for me to not make a Twitter and start yelling at the mangaka. Well yeah, because my whole thing is is that also she spoke, which I'm not gonna lie, brought me joy to finally be like we don't have to deal with that like no talking, no personality. But like, why couldn't she Though do that the whole still... time? That's what I, I thought. The mouthpiece was so she didn't eat people. But now, apparently, she was cleansed by the sun. Like, there are unanswered <laughs> things that I need. And I again, Inosuke, explain. Inosuke, explain move his organs. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Go ahead, Inosuke. Move what? Move your organs however you want. I don't give a shit. This is demon shit. This is this is like the actual lore of this fucking of this universe like i need to know every detail of why the sun cleansed nezuko and we can get into muzan's fucking backstory because i got problems with that too but i'm happy that nezuko's alive at the end of the day she's still cute and adorable and i'm hoping that now she can talk like you said she's going to be able to have more that she learns more and not going to be the slow speech of just saying thank goodness thank goodness it's like okay nezuko like, I get I'm glad it, you, you can know, talk, but we got to learn a little bit more vocabulary. You haven't <laughs> talked for upwards of five years. Okay, it might be a little hard to string some sentences together. I get you, but yes, we need to see her be more than what she was when she couldn't talk. Because if all she is when she can talk is the the character that she, you know, the same exact fucking thing. I am Groot. But, but yeah, but now instead of just going, mm, she says, you know, hi, or whatever, then then that's nothing. Then why'd you even bother doing the thing? You could have kept Nezuko how she was and everybody would have loved her until the end of time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, anyway. I'm happy that she's alive, but I need some fucking answers. I need more. Yeah, my thought was is I'm going to give it a... I'm I'm glad we'll talk about Muzan to end this out and all that stuff, but I, I know from, like, Blade that we've watched that, you know, a lot of people do the whole half vampire shit, you know, half werewolf. There's always halves of something. So when I looked at it from an aspect of she's just a half demon, she can walk in the sunlight, you know, like a lot of people can do in all of these mythical things where they're, like, half of anything. Um, I was able to accept it. But my thing was, okay, we're at the end of the season, so you're not going to explain it. But if you don't explain it by next season... That's where we're going to start dropping this shit because you can't just start putting in this shit. You already did it with the last season where people just lived and she could heal people with her 
her blood magic and all that. And I was like, okay, we're going to accept it. But at this point, when she was able to walk in the sunlight, like you said, I'm like, if you don't give me something, I'm going to be very upset because how dare you do that to me? Yeah. And, <laughs> so- and to the kind of defense of Demon Slayer, they did have that doctor from the first season. I think she was a doctor or something. The the person that Tanjiro and Nezuko yes. stayed with. Yeah, they had yeah. her mention that she's been reviewing Nezuko's cellular structure and it's changing all the time and doing a bunch of wacky stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm glad you added that, but that's still not an explanation. It's that's- funny. She sent the letter like she's possibly going to be able to walk in the sun soon, and he never got it, but obviously that's what happened. That's so it's the like, dramatic irony you know. that of, of the whole thing, you know? But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's like, okay, cool. We got a little bit more information, but... They can't write that off as an explanation. That's like somebody going, uh, hi, I don't know, you know, let's pretend somebody doesn't know a bunch of words in English and that's their language. And you ask somebody, what does slow mean? And they're like, well, it's the, uh, the opposite of fast. And then you walk away and then they're just standing there like, well, what does fast mean? It's like, okay, well, her cells Fast can... means it's faster than just running. <laughs> yeah. Like, but her cells can rearrange themselves and do wacky stuff. Okay, cool. But Why? I need to know I, what makes I truly Nezuko thought special. it was her depriving herself of of human flesh and stuff was somehow making her stronger when she was constantly losing limbs and fighting and to recover she was just like sleeping and doing all the other normal stuff instead of eating people and it almost somehow made her stronger but then Muzan comes in as a child explaining that he finally found the one the one that could bathe in sunlight the the one thing he was hoping for because even though he's so powerful, he can he can't go out in the sunlight, and uh, that's what he wanted. So, um, was that enough explanation for you, or were you upset with how that went? No, if anything, like again, I was happy that we got we got something to say that Nezuko wasn't just magically alive because she's Tanjiro's sister, and he would be sad. We got more like this is a thing that that has been searched for. You know, uh, the MacGuffin of this is the whatever makes Nezuko be able to walk in the sunlight. But I need to know not just that she can do it, but I need to know like what makes her special. It it can be whatever explanation that they want to do. It can be as mathy or it can be just as simple as like you said, well, if if a demon deprives itself of human flesh for so long, they become kind of a different being. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But I need somebody in universe to say it. I, I just, you're, you're putting a lot of new rules into what it means to be a demon, and it can't just be because Nezuko is cute and sweet. Like, we need, I need some hardline shit here, or else I'm going to be very disappointed because I think Demon Slayer is a good show. I think it's a, as far as shonen actions go, it's pretty, you know, it's headier than some of them. It, it's oh, got an, a- an action, it's definitely got it down. I'll tell yeah. you that. It's got enough stuff to sink your teeth into that's not action, though. You know, it's building a lot of this mystery. We spent so long talking about the number one, the the upper-ranked demon, the number one guy. We don't know a goddamn thing about him other than little bits and pieces. So it's like it has... the, the, The mangaka had the ability to sow the seeds of a mystery and make me unbelievably intrigued. So I know it's not for a lack of ability if this whole Nezuko thing goes over as just but she's cute and would you have wanted her to die 
It's like no, that's you can't. I didn't fucking want do, her to die. You I didn't killed either. almost everyone else off. You didn't. Need, you didn't need to take my Nezuko. But I'm also not okay with her living for the sole purpose of plot armor. You at least need to like show. You, you need to show me the Smith that built the plot armor, and I need to watch him fucking forge it. Like you need to give right. me some more. But I don't. We don't have to brag on this anymore. I'm I, at the end of the day. I'm glad Nezuko's alive, and I think Demon Slayer will do more in the coming seasons to tell me yeah, what I want to know. Muzan's finally ready to get out and do something. He's done playing with his cover. He kills like his own parents in one of his in the rooms, and he's ready to move on and finally uh, stop hanging out with humans because he found the one. So it's definitely going to get more hot and spicy as the seasons go. I imagine it's uh, building to a Muzan fight within the next. 24 to 36 episodes i know demon slayer is not an unbelievably long series um no so, it's already wrapped up so so real quick uh just we can rapid fire this but before we get into the booze on backstory just uh, we haven't talked much about the new demons in this season yet did you like them well, dislike I mean, them did you have any thoughts are you talking about, about the them? ones that were fighting in this because we got to see well, all of them but only got to really watch four and five kind of do something that, that's what i mean like the the actual bad guys of this season the the number i four wasn't and five. a fan of number five i think he was annoying uh me and devon were watching and thought he was definitely that throwaway i'm just evil to be evil uh, but we did like that he was probably the perfect one for tokito to kind of regain his his memories and regain what it means to be a Hashira because in the end he does start to care for the humans and realizes that he's got to protect people because he has that power. So I think it was a perfect um, demon for him to fight. But to me, I, I found his design kind of eh and uh, kind of creeped me out because I didn't like the moving mouths on the <laughs> eyelids and shit like that. But yeah, that okay. being said, the number four demon I loved it because of his split personalities and they all did have their own personalities. And like the sorrow one would be like, I really hate to do this, but I have to kill you now and stuff like that. It's just the anger ones just yelling at everyone to get over here, do that. It just was very well done. And then when they all became one and they were using the drums to use all the attacks and he was just downright like Gilgamesh level of like, I am better than you. I just liked his character design and all of them. Uh, and all the different types of like sins or feelings and emotions he had. I actually uh, really liked him. But number five, eh, he's a throwaway for me. Okay. I, I agree with you that I think I liked number four better. He's definitely got more, like his power is cooler and all that stuff. He's definitely I, a Dragon Ball Z villain if I've seen one, you know? Oh, yeah. Like a dragon, like you said, though, a Dragon Ball Z villain, but like add the arrogance and badassness of a Gilgamesh. And yes. you, so he's very cool. I didn't hate number five like you did. But I think that's because I have kind of an affinity to the the psychopathic artist. You as love a villain. the psychopathic peoples, yeah. Yeah, like I really like the. You hate the Joker, but you love everything else when it comes to anime jokers. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I've said it before. I don't. I know. Hate, I know. I know I what you say. Yeah, I, know. I, I hate the people who love the Joker. Calm down, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like I like the fact that he is. He is kind of like an evil to be evil, but it's an evil for like the sake of art, and it's it's a cool little wrinkle that you get in in certain guys. There's a a character in the Hunter Hunter manga after the anime who's very much like the evil shit he does is because he's an artist, and it's not he doesn't see it as evil. He sees like a pile of dead corpses as like art, an art piece. It's beautiful. That's shit super intriguing to me, and I really like that trope. So I enjoyed him, but he was, yeah, objectively pretty fucking annoying and super creepy. 
talking through his eyes and then his eyes were his mouth and I always looked at his mouth and I'm like why isn't his lips moving oh yeah it's because they're in his eyes so yeah I yeah I get that yeah I appreciated there wasn't a fucking backstory for him though like that was I yes, genuinely that's what appreciated I, mean. I, that. I didn't even need one for number four even though we found out that you know it was pretty good knowing that he possibly has a split personality it was short like I said at these point for this point, I think most of these upper ones probably have no really tragic backstory. They want to be powerful. They are the ultimate one, so they probably have the most evil in them. We'll see how it carries on. But number uh, one, yeah. I'm calling it. He definitely betrayed like his best friend at some point and and became a demon. So that's his tragic backstory. But that's going to be a whole can of worms we got to deal with in like two seasons. Right. Right. All right, um, so we can get into Muzan's backstory if you want to finish it out, and then we can give final thoughts and ratings. You can, but... yeah, take it by storm. Say well, what you want to say. I okay, so I had there were good goods and bads. I liked to see the kind of origin of the demon. That was cool. I like to see the you know it's good to get some background on Muzan and kind of who he was at the start of all this. But I have one unbelievably large gripe, and it's it's gonna sound like a copy and paste of my gripe about everything that I've been bitching about when they add new things. So this doctor, right, he makes up this concoction or whatever, and then this ends up turning Muzan into a demon. Yeah, it actually heals his uh, heals his uh, ailments or whatever that he had troubling him. Okay, you could have done so much with the doctor, and I don't hate that Muzan killed him because he thought he was a waste of time. That's evil. He was Muzan. almost like Sao Sao when uh, from the Chinese yes. period where he was getting constantly. They're trying to fix him, but he didn't know he had a tumor in his head, so he thought the doctors were trying to kill him. And but they were they also weren't. feeding just... him mercury, so like that yes, drives they somebody that literally insane. It. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Sao Sao was clinically insane because of the liquid metal that he was drinking, but I. I but also, they weren't turning Sao Sao into a demon. So, like, those doctors being <laughs> killed, it's like, whatever, that's that's the exciting part of the story. The exciting part of this story is the fact that this doctor purposefully, accidentally, we don't know because it didn't tell us, he turned a man into an undead nightmare. And that's the, those are the things that I want to know more about. And I'm worried, I, I have faith in Demon Slayer to tell me about the rest of the stuff, I'm one I, I feel like they closed the door, they put the nail in the coffin by killing the doctor before Muzan could get any answers. And that's like, well, Muzan doesn't even have any answers, so like it shouldn't be expected for the audience to know. And that pisses me off. Not only could you have made the doctor such an intriguing character, like what is his motivation? Why is he wh- why did he come up with this concoction to begin with? Even if you don't get to learn like a bunch about it, you could have made him more of an ominous figure to where it's like, all right, he's trying to turn people into demons and we might never know why, but now we know like he's a fucking wild man. But as far as we know, he was a doctor who was legitimately trying to help Muzan and turned him into a demon. That seems like a waste to me. So I, I'm, ho- I don't know. I, I wish that, I'm hoping that they give me some more backstory. I'm hope, but I feel like that, especially the doctor as a character, he's done. He's there's there's nothing more to worry about with him. Well, we don't know if it's gonna build on more stuff into the following seasons. So you gotta keep some faith just in case. But I know what you're saying there, and hopefully they can get a little bit further down on what makes the demons and how it all worked. You know? Yeah, like these. If demons haven't always been here, if they're not just a force of nature, 
like a lot of demons in shows are like claymore nobody created the the yoma they have just always been alive they're like humans in that respect that's that's a write-off answer okay cool if that's how it was but as far as i know muzon is the first demon and somebody made him that way not through magic through medicine so i'm my <laughs> i want to know stuff and i wouldn't if i wasn't invested in demon slayer i wouldn't care so i'm only this fired up because i like demon slayer and i think it has the potential to be more than just a genre exercise in battle shonen and i feel like it, when it try, when it's trying to do it it's almost missing the mark sometimes but mm-hmm. it is what it is i it doesn't sound like you had any big issues with it and i'm glad for you cuz hatred is exhausting so good for you but at this point i was telling you every time we were done is like uh, why is everyone so intimidated of muzan i haven't gotten to see a goddamn thing with him except for hiding as a child uh being a female uh like going around in his unending castle doing things you know shitting on his own employees and it's like okay you're a big bark <laughs> guy and you're you're mean and you're mad and you just you want the world to burn i get it but i just i wanted something and i got to see a little something so i'm i've accepted that that's fine we'll know more i know this isn't it so yeah i, I wasn't too upset about it i was like oh here we go i mean we had to find out how it started so i'm just glad to get something maybe i just want more out of demon slayer than what it is giving me but i feel like it's teasing me and i don't like it hey you know that's why i was telling you sometimes i don't want all the action i want more story and that's why i kind of enjoyed this season because it gave us a little bit more of like a lot more characters and though it could have been like much obviously we need like 24 episodes if we want to fully explain shit you know what i mean i think it was a legitimately good balance like my my gripes are that it's not as concentrated action as the last six episodes of entertainment district were but again that's a high high ass bar so i don't expect every season of demon slayer to or any anime in fact to be that much just balls to the walls action do is deus ex machina new power new transformation bada bing bada boom so yeah but we can get into final thoughts and ratings i don't know that i have too terribly much that we haven't covered to say uh, unless you, yeah, got you might as well else. just go with it because you've already been on a pretty good uh good uh spiel about it what do you think of it what is your ratings and uh going from there yeah uh, so i mean it was a it was a great season i enjoyed it uh definitely more than like the mook and train not the you know, mook and train was fine but this was better i think i could I, I think i enjoyed it better than the first season but i'm i liked the first season i enjoyed the entertainment district arc better maybe it's because it had all my boys maybe it's because of the disgusting syrup that is fucking the entertainment district arc and i just fucking ate it all shoved down my throat you just they were like sir you're supposed to mix that with seltzer water and i'm like what oh and yeah so i'm i also have like all of the diabetes now after that but it tasted so good so as though i didn't like it as much as the previous season i think i'm still comfortable giving it a nine overall um i'd I'd like to give it like an eight point six seven something like that but mal is very vary by whole numbers and i understand that you know don't need to get too too weird with it so i'm comfortable giving it a nine it's it's great if by chance you've listened to this entire review and you haven't watched it um i'd say go watch it you know unless if you're very feminist in the way you look at media that might be an issue if you just i but that's really the only thing i can see somebody kind of getting upset about with this season of demon slayer like i think it corrected a lot of the 
problems that people had, most notably the every demon is sad and we have to be sad for them. I I, right. I really, really value the fact that we at least got one demon that's just a dick and one other demon that's like, well, what happened to him is fucking tragic, but we didn't spend 17 minutes talking about it. So nine out of 10, go get him, Demon Slayer. I'm excited to see where we go from here. Okay, okay. Yeah, pretty much, uh, you're, you're pretty much nailing everything for me, though. I definitely put this over the Entertainment District arc. Uh, number one season was still great. Um, it's a tough one. I would say that's still number one for me, hands down. It just set the bar, uh, probably because we had a lot more episodes with it. But this season was great for me because I got to see a lot of more characters. Not only did you get to see two Hashiras in this show, you got to see other characters that have been a part of season one, like Genya, and get to know about another Hashira a little bit without even seeing him. And though I do want to see the action, we're getting down to the wire where we're getting to the last three fucking demons, and you know other Hashiras are going to come in, so you need to take every advantage you can to kind of learn a little bit about them before like the, the final conflicts happen, and I think they did that. And... Though I'm not the biggest fan of constant comedy on Demon Slayer, I think they toned it down in this, and they saved comedy for the ending of this series where everyone's together, and then at the beginning of the series, and I think it was just well put together. Uh, Tanjiro grew for me, and though I got mad at him for his decisions, it means he's more human. It means he has emotions other than, I want to kill demons, but I feel sad when I kill them. So I'm just glad to see that. And we got to see it without Zenitsu, without Inosuke. We didn't have to have the support of them. We kind of got to see the brother and sister uh, combo, which I'm kind of here for. I mean, though I say I like Siskon, I'm not thinking of it that way. I'm just glad to see uh, two siblings actually fighting side by side, picking each other up when they fall. And I don't know. It just it, it was just great. Um, Though I'll say the ending with Nezuko and that kind of bullshit that we're saying, though we like Nezuko being alive, it it did piss me off because once again, like the Entertainment District arc, up oh, everyone's just okay, <laughs> so it's it's all right. I know how shonens go, and they finally got to explain a little bit about Muzan, which I've been wanting something. So with that all being said, it still looked good, it sounded good, everything Ufotable does is pretty much great for the show. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Um, my uh, second nine out of 10 for demon slayer wholeheartedly. I believe that. So, um, yeah, go watch it if you haven't, but we just spoiled everything. So hopefully you didn't, it's still worth watching. Cause uh, you know, we it can't, did. it definitely is. We can't tell you, we can't describe these Sakuga moments, which are like one every 36 seconds, maybe like there's a lot it's, it's demon yeah. slayer. It's, it's, it knows what it's doing. But uh, make sure to let us know what you think about Demon Slayer, especially in our Discord or on Instagram or on Twitter if you even feel inclined, though we do not respond well onto Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, Discord is f head and shoulders the best place to get a hold of us. You know, we might not be super prompt, but generally, if you hit us up on Discord, if you join the server, you talk to, first of all, talk to everybody else in, in our little community because they're all wonderful people. But if you have a specific question, comment, concern, after you join up, go ahead and add us. It's we're very obvious who we are. We're you know, that's the best way. You want to talk to us? That's where you got to do it. Twitter and Instagram. Like, I mean, come on. First of all, we're not sexy enough for Instagram. That's just a fucking fact. And Twitter, I Twitter's Twitter. All right. So there's that. But however you want to interact with us, all those links are in the show notes. Um, we also have a Patreon. You know, uh, and JD has made mention he's gonna have a. Uh, 
you know, within the next couple months, I'd say is a good timetable. He's going to have a One Piece episode maybe out. And if you're just dying to hear his thoughts on that, well, you're going to have to become a patron. No worries, though. It is a single United States dollar, which I, I think that's a pretty good deal. You get into uh, early access to extra episodes like JD's One Piece episode. You get into an exclusive chat in the aforementioned Discord. And you can do the Patreon rundown, which we are recording this way too early. If you're sitting there like, hey, where's the Patreon rundown? This is the it, we, we just, our recording schedule's fucked. Well, I might do it next week. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it up to the patrons. But anyway, yes, so... All that stuff is cool. Rate, review, let tell people we don't suck. Um, you know, on the on the apples and the Spotify's and stuff. And just have a good day, everybody. I, that's my. You know what? Forget all the stuff we said before. But first and foremost, have yourself a good day. Uh, JD, thanks for thanks for talking with me, buddy. Am I making you laugh over there? <laughs> you should, yeah. Sometimes the way you just you go, it just makes me laugh. Anyway. Uh, yes, thank you guys for listening to the Anime Brothers uh, podcast. I have been JD, and that is your lovely man, Mr. Earthworm, over there. And thank you for joining us for this Demon Slayer episode. Goodbye, everybody.